Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, what's going on? Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of The Collective, where young hosts come together each week to talk, discuss, and critique topics in sports, music, television, and film. Uh, my name is Martin Soares. Um, I am your humble host for this weekly panel. Um, I am joined by, not yet joined by, but sh- uh, shortly enough I'll be joined by uh, my co-host Lawrence and Jason Reels. And hopefully our fourth co-host Tommy Hill will be with us today. Um, he had some he had a pressing engagement that may uh, hinder his appearance on our on our show today. Um, but hopefully we can get him in for our show today. Um, we've got a few really good topics to go over today. Uh, before we get started, as always, we want to shout out and acknowledge our platform, Blog Talk Radio as well as our network, The Keys 107, Opening the Doors to Endless Possibilities, our wonderful family network. Um, Shout out to our weekly callers and listeners um, and podcast listeners, um, our big supporters from really all over, our our good friend Dave King, all the way out there in Oakland, California, Um, our friends down south in North and South Carolina that listen uh, welcome and thank you for listening, as well as Earl Patton and Kobe Brown over at Sony Digital who get a chance to listen to our podcast every so often. Um, we have really 
interesting and vibrant show last week. Um, if you were with us, if you listened to our podcast, we uh, had a pretty heated debate between Jay-Z's Magna Carta Holy Grail and Kanye West's Yeezus album. And we we att- at least attempted to have a <laughs> a reasonable debate between the two albums, and uh, that was a lot of fun, and we'll do some more of that in the future. Um, we are supposed to have our do our first NFL segment today where we talk about uh, training camp, which obviously started this week, and go through each division. That segment will be led by our co-host, Tommy Hill, who, again, may or may not be with us today due to a pressing engagement. Um, however, if not, this will serve as the official announcement for that segment, which will definitely begin next week. Um, before we get started, still waiting for my co-host to, to call in, um, shout-out to the WNBA All-Star Game, which goes down today at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2, if I am correct about that. Don't quote me, though. Um, just to double-check, yes, uh, on ESPN, or on ABC, rather. Glad I corrected myself. On ABC today at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, the WNBA All-Star Game, which will feature my good friend and big sister, Kathy Pondexter. Um, it should be an interesting game. No Brittany Griner or Elena Deladon for the game, but um, it should be should be an interesting game. Big shout-out to Kathy um, in that game this afternoon. Uh, Shout-out to our listeners once again um, all over from California, North and South Carolina, New York, um, all of our podcast listeners. Shout-out to Earl Patton and Kobe Brown from Sony Digital who check out our podcast when they can. Um, looks like I've got two of my co-hosts on the line, Lawrence and Jason. You guys there? What's up? What's up, Molly? Good morning. Guys. What's up? What's up, fellas? What's up? Good to Good to hear your voices. You know, on this day that the Lord hath made. Yes. Yes. So we've got a, we've got a few things to to go into today. I think we've got some some pretty decent discussion topics for the day. Um, like I said, we uh, will likely postpone our first NFL segment for next week when we have um, our co-host Tommy Hill with us to to lead us for that segment. Um, so next week we'll start. We'll start that segment. Um, but to start off with some NBA talk, um, just as recent as last night, guys, um, it was reported by the publicist of Louis Scola, actually, Juan Sebastia, who runs Louis Scola's website, tweeted last night that a trade between the Phoenix Suns and the Indiana Pacers will be sending Louis Scola to Indiana. Um, it has not gone down yet, but reportedly it will be going down soon enough. Um, seemingly they're able to get this done, Indiana, that is, without letting go of Danny Granger, which is definitely ideal on their part um, to be able to keep, to hang on to Granger and get Scola, and it looks like they'll be able to pull that off um, by, from what I'm reading, it looks like only Gerald Green and maybe some cash considerations will have to be sent from Indiana. But, um, Lawrence, I know you're big on on Indiana and what they were able to do this year without Danny Granger. And I think you even mentioned him when we talked about um, teams that will be looking for to make a big leap next year. And I think, you you know, you're big on Indiana getting Granger back from injury. Um, but with the addition of someone like Louis Scola, what do you think that does for their team? I mean, that does a lot for them, Martin. I mean, 
realistically, one thing that they did kind of lack in it was lack of, of big men off the bench, you know, lack of depth up front. Because yeah. if, if Roy Hibbert got into some sort of foul trouble or, you know, David West wasn't necessarily being the the effective David West he can be, you know, they really suffered. They really suffered inside if they were, if they were without one of those two realistically. So having a guy Scola, I mean, I think I think it certainly makes it makes it interesting for who they're going to be starting at the four because I, I Louis Scola is a, a starting four man and a very productive starting four. You know, I would I would say that I think skill wise David West may have him, but at the same time, I mean Louis Scola does a lot of tangible things really really well. So that that makes them extremely interesting to have any sort of depth in, in the front court and you know being able to. Sometimes go a little bit smaller, maybe have Scola and West in there to where you have, I mean, Roy Hibbert has become a little bit more of a scoring option than he was before. But at the same time, in terms of offensive efficiency, being able to go a little bit smaller, you know, with Granger at the three, Scola at the four, and West at the five, you got five guys that can realistically shoot it from at least 15 feet on a relatively consistent basis. So that. That makes them very interesting. I I, I like that move. Uh, I was hoping you didn't say that it was going to be for for any of the other guys. I think that they have all the key pieces, and and it wouldn't be good for them to lose any of those guys. I mean, you think about a, a George Hill, or you know, obviously not Paul George, but even David West. Uh, if they're able to hold on to all the pieces they have and add Scola for Gerald Green and cash considerations, I think that's. One of the better off-season moves we've heard so far, uh, other than Brooklyn, obviously, but we talked about that already. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. Their their biggest problem, their two biggest problems, Indiana this year was was offense and depth, and and without Danny Granger, obviously their offense suffered. Um, he's probably their second best offensive player, definitely their second best. Um, wing scorer. Um, in fact, he's, he's definitely their best outside threat from uh, from three point range. Um, and it, you're absolutely right. You know, in depth, I mean, the only guys they were able to bring off the bench this year, uh, particularly in the playoffs, DJ Augustine, Sam Mark Young, Hansborough. and Ian Mahimi, and Tyler mm-hmm. Hansborough too. I forget about Psycho T. Um, yeah. And, you know, Hansborough was able to give them a little bit of toughness, um, uh, a little bit of defense. I mean, he does bring, you know, some physicality, some toughness. But, um, I, again, I think you hit right on the head. Um, he's undersized, absolutely. And someone like Scola, who is a lot more experienced, and, and I would give him a lot more skilled even. Um, I mean, Scola, this is a guy that plays for the Spanish national team alongside Pau Gasol. I mean, all of those guys are just highly skilled, and um, anyone yeah. who's who's seen Scola over the last few years, I mean, he's kind of been under the radar in Phoenix. Nobody wants to watch Phoenix play these days, but um, what lo- what Scola brings to the table, you put him onto a team like Indiana that was just in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals two months ago. Um, he can certainly help your team, experience wise, skill wise, and like you said. He's an offensive option. I mean, you certainly – I don't think you run your offense through him, but he's certainly an option, someone that you can trust, um, pick and pop situations. He can knock down the 15-footer. Um, he's a great passer. All those Spanish guys are great passers. I just – I 
I just give them the highest esteem when it comes to just skill wise. Um and and that's that's huge for them. I mean their their big advantage um against Miami was their size. And like you said, Lawrence, you know, Roy Hibbert really came on in that series and established himself um and took advantage down low. Um and David West also. I mean they both were able to work really well with each other. You add another really solid and skilled big like Scola in there that Seemingly, I mean, Mike, I, I agree, Lawrence. I think he's someone that you'll probably bring off the bench. Um, David West, they're probably sticking with that same starting five minus Danny Granger, um, assuming he'll be back from injury. But you bring someone like Scola off the bench who is extremely reliable and highly skilled, um, you're only adding to the dimension that they were already strong in, and that's front court play, and you're adding to um, – the skill position that they can really use. I, again, the trade hasn't gone down yet, but but I mean, seemingly it's going through any uh, any time now. So that's big for them. Uh, Jay, you know, I feel like Indiana is doing you know exactly what they need to do, and even without you know a Scola, even with getting Granger back, you know, we've talked about them, you know, being able to make that improvement. But Jay, do you think uh, Scola addition kind of takes them over the hump? So to speak, um, I'm not sure. I, I initially, what I think he does is that he gives gives Roy Hibbert a lot more space to operate in the post because he's a he's kind of, he's a spread four. Um, so so that component to it I think is good. But David West gives you that a little bit as well, being able to shoot the 15 foot shot out to 17 feet, 18 feet. Um. But for me, I think he helps Roy Hibbert out better than David West because Skull is a very, very good passer. Um, high lows, like 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 entry passes from 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 the from fifteen feet out into the post. He's very, very good with that type of stuff. So I think I think this move by the pace is more so for for Hibbert's uh, progression as a player. Um, you look at, and I know we haven't seen it yet, but you'll you'll see how much better Lopez will be from playing with Garnett because he'll now have a four man that can get him the ball. Um, when they catch it at at, at the high post position, also a big man that can spread to the floor. So I think with Scola, that's what Indiana has kind of set themselves up with, and I think they still need some more front court depth. But I think that's a great, great move for them, especially if they're they don't have to give up, you know, any starter or or any or any bench player that they have that actually got significant minutes, which Gerald Green uh, really didn't. So um, I like I really like the move for Indiana. I think it's a good move. I don't I, I wouldn't say that it puts them over the hump. Um, I still think you know on paper right now Brooklyn feel better. Um, Miami certainly still better, um, but it, it, everybody's make moves and everybody's getting better um, right now. Um, besides the Lakers and the Heat, so I'm I'm happy someone else is 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 trying to improve the roster. Um, I, I think I think Indiana is, is going to be right there again next year um, with Granger back. Um, with a uh, with a blossoming Paul George, um, it, it, it'll be interesting, and I think they just added one more piece to that puzzle um, 
that for me I think makes Roy Hibbert better immediately. So I, I I like the move by Indiana. I think I think it's I think it's a I think it's a good move for them at at this point. Um, but moving forward, I, I still think I still think they need to add another actual center that can come in and back Roy Hibbert. Um, I don't think Scola is a true center. I think he's more of a four. I think if they can get some serviceable, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be anybody crazy, but I think they just need a, a solid backup um, center just to kind of kind of round out that roster because I think they're pretty much good everywhere else. Um, so yeah, I like that move. I like that move a lot from 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 Indiana. So definitely um, looking to add more depth. Um, depth is is you know it's kind of like that coveted factor for every team. You want to be able to trust the guys that you put in um, outside of your starters to be able to maintain that energy. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll keep our eyes out for that Scola move, which should be which should be happening um, anytime, uh, probably by the end of the weekend, according to his publicist. Um, next order of business, guys. Uh, Derek Rose, real quickly. Uh, he talked to CNN this week in an interview, and um, I was talking with Tommy about this yesterday. Uh, but it, his his the biggest comment that came from that interview, which has been circulating throughout the internet and social media and whatnot, and um, I've seen some pretty interesting reactions from it. But um, Derek Rose, and it, you know, I actually remember. I feel like I heard him say this before, which I think makes it even more um, interesting. But he told CNN that he feels he is the best player in the NBA. Um, and I was talking with Tommy about this yesterday, um, the fact that, you know, so Derek Rose, we've seen kind of his, his nature on the court and off even. He's not extremely outspoken, and he doesn't really come off as, comes off as more confident than cocky. Um, and I think we know where to draw the line. You know, there's certain guys on the cocky side. My guy, Kobe Bryant, I think falls more on the cocky side, but for good reason. Um, and guys like uh, Derek Rose, who are, you know, extremely confident and also for good reason, but I think he falls more on the confident side because he's not as outspoken um, about it. But, is, guys, is this is this kind of, you know, what guys like Jeff Van Gundy, when he's, when he's calling games with guys like Jamal Crawford and J.R. Smith, that, that good old term, that irrational confidence, is that – is that what we're dealing with here with, with someone like Derrick Rose? Because, I mean, this is a guy that didn't play last season, Lawrence, and and in the back of his mind, apparently, he feels he's still the best player in the NBA. He was the NBA MVP two seasons ago, which would, I guess, indicate that. But, I mean, what, what do you think is going on in Derrick Rose's head right now? I mean... I feel like whenever we hear guys say things like this, I, my immediate reaction is always to say, well, I mean, he should think like that. Like, you know, that's a, if you're a Chicago Bulls fan or if you're, you know, Thibodeau or anyone in Chicago's management and you hear him confidently say, you know, I still think I'm the best player in battle, that, that's a very – that's a positive sign. I mean, especially coming back from an injury like this. I feel like I feel like in Derrick Rose's case, it, this is kind of going to be a claim for him because I mean he's going to be highly criticized about this if he goes into the season, you know, and isn't the Derrick Rose of old. 
or better than the Derrick Rose of old, realistically. I mean, he did have an MVP season, so we know that he is capable of being one of the best players in the entire league. But at the same time, with an injury as big as his, missing an entire season, entire playoffs, you know, it's I, it's, I think it's martyrs for him because he can't not show up now. You know, I I feel like yeah. that's the biggest thing to take away from this is that he he can't he can't chalk it he can't make claims by and you know not perform when it's time for him to perform. So I think that this is this could be a very good thing. This could be seeing like Derek Rose is saying, you know, I I, I thank you for giving me that time off, and I promise you it's not going to go like unused, and he's going to come back better than ever. Did see a video of him yesterday, uh, casually dunking with his legs overseas somewhere. So, if, if that's a good sign for his knee, I mean, we don't. I don't know what we're gonna see. We know what Derrick Rose is capable of, though. I think that's the thing that we do need to focus on. Is we know when Derrick Rose is is on. I mean, he he can be streaky, but when Derrick Rose is on and he's playing really well, he is realistically one of the more dominant forces in the league and he's one of the best point guards he's one of the best guards in general he 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 can really he can really fill up a stat sheet so he's the guy that you have to you have to take into account when you're talking about you know one of the best currently but i i like i said i just think that him making that claim means that he has to he has to perform in and maybe we'll see something crazy maybe we'll see derrick rose the, the ultimate Derrick Rose turn up comeback, which would be kind of dope. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that it definitely speaks to where he feels he's at right now physically. Um, you know, maybe he feels as if he is physically, he's just as good as he was when he was the MVP, when he was voted um, the best player of that NBA season. And I, I just think, I think it's really interesting, um, you know, I, it's like I, I I completely agree, and at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, someone like Derrick Rose, who again I feel is more confident than cocky, as opposed to someone, you know, like a Carmelo Anthony or a Kevin Durant, um, who might come out and say. Now I think the CNN interviewer did ask him something. I think they kind of like drew it out of him. I think they wanted a response, you know, asking him who's the best player in the NBA right now. And like you said, Lawrence, you want you want someone in his caliber to say to say me. I mean, you you definitely admire that kind of confidence. But Jay, how you know Jay, how how kind of unconventional, if that's the right word, is it for Derrick Rose or anybody to consider? I just think it's really interesting. A point guard, um, the, this notion that a point guard could be the best player in the NBA. Don't you think that's that's kind of strange? I feel like. We've we've kind of gone the best players in the NBA as you know wing play, shooting guards and small forwards for you know I mean how long now so how is, is, doesn't that seem a little bit weird? Um, yeah, I think I think honestly I love it. First of all, um, I think I think that's I think that's ever, I think that's what you're supposed to do. Like I I honestly feel like it would be more unconventional for him to say. Um, who's the best player in the league? I LeBron's probably the best player in the league. And then, you know, yeah. probably like Kobe and then like Katie. Like, no, like this is a former MVP <laughs> of the league. He's the he's the last MVP that we had besides LeBron. Like that that's that's mm-hmm. how that's what type of impact he had on the league. 
And this guy, if you look at Derrick Rose as a player, and probably my favorite thing about him is that he keeps the same demeanor at all times. Like, he never gets too high. He never gets too low. He's always, like, pretty, like, even cute. He's a quiet dude. He doesn't say much. He he doesn't want to be out in the public too much. Like, he's very, very low-key. So for him to say that, regardless of, of of anything, for him to say that, I think he actually 100% believes that. Mm. And I think that's good. I think that's I think that's ex- I think that's I think that's how things should be. I think if Kevin Durant was asked that same question, I would hope Kevin Durant would say I'm the best player in the league. If Melo was asked right. that same question, I would hope that he would say I'm the best. I know we already know if they asked Kobe he wouldn't even answer this. He'd probably just laugh. Like, I right, question. Like, I think that's how people should. Be. I think, I think how these these mega stars in the NBA. I think that's how they should be. That I, I I don't I don't see I don't see why anyone would would just want to concede to LeBron and just say LeBron's the best player in the league. Like, that's not that's not basketball. That's not competition. That's not. Um, that's not fighting. Just that. That's just like all right. Yeah. Everybody thinks LeBron's the best player in the league, um, and that's the general consensus. So I'm just gonna go with LeBron. Like I think that would have been nutty if he would have said anyone else's name besides his own, especially with him being a former MVP. Like okay, so if you're a Kimball Walker, you don't say <laughs> I'm the best player in the league necessarily. But as they, as the guys were where you you only have to say their last name the 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 Durants of the world the the Derek Roses of the world guys like that they 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 should that's what they should be saying that's what they should be thinking because if they're not thinking that then LeBron's gonna go on a, a on a streak that we're gonna be able to even fathom right now if we guys like conceding and, and just not thinking that they're at that level when they are. Um, yeah. I'm certainly not making the argument that Derrick Rose is a better basketball player than LeBron or even Durant um, or even Kobe. Um, but I think he's one of the guys that can say that. I'll, I'll put it like that. I think I think there's a mm-hmm. handful of guys. There might be, there might be, there might be six, seven guys max in the league that can actually say that, and they should say that. And I think he's one of those guys that that should say it. I mean, they asked him the question, and he can't really tiptoe around it. And the worst answer would be to say LeBron, and the best answer would be to say I'm the best player in the league. And I think I think he gave us the best answer and. He's one of the guys that I don't think is just blowing smoke. He actually means that. Like he he believes it more than more than anyone else in this world believes it, and that's how it should be. Mm. It's just plain and simple. That's how it should be, in my opinion. So I'm happy he did it. I'm very very happy he said that. I saw that. And I was like, word. Tell him. Like tell him. <laughs> go out and prove it. But tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Like yo, yeah. I must have forgot that I just want that I won an MVP a few years ago. Like I'm I'm the yeah. only person besides LeBron to win an MVP in a good minute in this joint. So like, don't forget about me. Don't like that's basically what he's saying. Don't forget about me, because he took yeah. the league by storm that year. Remember that year that the year that Derrick Rose won the MVP, he pretty much had that locked up by All Star break. Yeah, 
Yeah. He like like did. he started that that MVP buzz early, and by All Star break, everyone was like, "Yo, Derrick Rose should get MVP." And then he yeah. rode that momentum all the way through the second half of the year, and ultimately ended up getting it. And it was well, 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 well deserved that year because he was wowing. So, I just I'm I'm very happy he said it. I hope I I, I think that's a shot at LeBron. Like, yo, stop playing. Like like I like I like I've seen you before, and you got that work before. So like don't like don't forget. And and I think it's a great sign for the Bulls. And I think I think that's I think that's plain and simple how it should be. No, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, but just not Kemba Walker. Just not Kemba Walker. Yeah, not Kemba, not Kemba, not not Omera Sheik. Um, <laughs> not Goran Dragic. Not not Marcin Gortat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you like it from the guys that 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 mean it. And that should be saying it. Um, and it's definitely a lot to look forward to with him coming back uh, from injury and making such bold claims um, before we've seen him on the court yet. But, again, I think that speaks to how he's feeling mentally and physically. And I think we can only assume that he's ready to get back into action. And uh, I think that that's that's a big – I mean, that's probably one of the bigger storylines for next year, his comeback. Um and even that year when he led his team to MVP, I mean, Chicago was first in the East um, ahead of Miami that year. Um, I'm pretty sure they got up to um, – I know they were in the high 50s. I want to say they got close to 60 wins that year, um, if memory serves me correct. Um, but uh, it definitely look for Derrick Rose to come back next year for a big year. And um, I, want to, I want to see that Chicago-Miami matchup because, you know, seeing Chicago against Miami this past year in that second round of the playoffs was just – it just wasn't the same, obviously, without Derrick Rose. That goes without saying. But, um, like I said <clears throat> multiple times throughout the playoffs, um, talent beats talent. And, um, you know, that old that good old saying, Jay, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, that's, that's all well and good in high school and college. But when we get to the NBA, um, you need those individual talents. And so uh, um, with Chicago getting Rose back, you look for them to make um, a much bigger splash in the Eastern Conference playoff scene next year. Um, next order of business, I want to talk about Team USA. Um, they had they held their um, annual scrimmage this week, their blue-white scrimmage, getting ready for the World Championships. Um, it's going to be in Spain next summer, the FIBA World Cup. Um, they obviously this scrimmage that this annual scrimmage they do has a lot to do with, you know, uh, scouting for guys like Mike Shashevsky and Jerry Colangelo to pick out guys, pick out pieces that they might want um, for next year for the qualifying round and for uh, looking ahead for um, 2015 for the Olympics, obviously in Rio. Um, it was announced this week. Um, uh, it was reported. I'm pretty sure it's it's uh, it's confirmed. But they're saying that LeBron James is likely not going to be playing for Team USA anymore. Um, usually around this time, the big name guys, your LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, um, typically not as much involved in this uh, in this segment of the whole Team USA routine. Um, they usually don't announce their involvement until later on, as we get closer to the actual Olympic Games. Um, but guys like uh, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, James Harden, Paul George, 
uh, Kawhi Leonard, Harrison Barnes, guys that all participated this week in the scrimmage. And, um, Jay, you know, without LeBron, um, I think it's interesting. And they have announced Kevin Durant and Kevin Love both said that they will be participating in the Olympics, so those two guys for sure. And I can only assume that Kevin Durant will now probably ease into, you know, the new face of Team USA. Kobe's probably Mm -hmm. done. They're saying LeBron's probably done now. He's got two gold medals, so, you know, his Olympic career is probably set in stone. Um, I I, I really look forward to this this upcoming Olympics, Jay, really because I want to see what Krzyzewski and, and, and crew do without that luxury of LeBron. Uh, I think it was it was so much fun being able to. I know for me, someone who um, obviously is not a Miami Heat fan, everyone, anyone who knows me personally or listens to our show um, definitely knows that. But to be able to root for LeBron James on Team USA, to, for, to have him on my team was certainly um, one of the more uh-huh. um, it was the more one of the more enjoyable things as a basketball fan to be able to watch him play point guard, play center. Um, yeah. so, I mean, Jay, what do you, what do you think, um, what do you think results from some losing LeBron, losing all those intangibles that you have with him, all those luxuries, being able to play him at all five positions. Um, I mean, obviously a matchup nightmare for anybody over there in Europe. I mean, nobody wants, wants that work, but what do you, what yeah. do you think that transition means for team USA going forward? Um, it it hurts it hurts them a little bit and you know it, it literally I felt the same way as you you know I was I was pretty much set on Kobe being the best player in the league and that Summer Olympics really changed my my mind because I guess I, I was viewing LeBron more in a fan perspective and I realized quickly it didn't take long I realized quickly that he could play any position on the court he guard any position on the court. He could score from anywhere on the court, realistically. So I was like, okay, yeah, he's probably he probably is the best player in the world. All right. So I remember when you so, called me. I remember when you yeah. called me and said, "Yo, Marley, it's it's time." <laughs> the, the yeah, because because I finally wasn't looking at him from a hating aspect. It was like I was just watching him as a fan, and I was like, okay, all right, all right, I give up, I give up. I saw him, I saw him, I saw him full court. I saw him pick up a point guard full court and pressure the ball, and then I saw him denying the post and 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 blocking a big man shot. And I saw him throwing a lob. I saw him finishing on a break. I saw him hit a pull up three. I was just like, all right, okay, enough. Like I did it. <laughs> I, like that was it. Um, so I I'm I'm disappointed that he's not going to do it, mainly because he's a machine, man. He's a machine. He doesn't. He's not getting. He's not aging. He's not getting slower. He's not getting light. Like, he's going to be fine then to do it. But I, I just feel like physically he's capable of doing it. So that can't be an excuse or an issue. Um, but I watched I watched the, the select team scrimmages um, all this week, realistically. And I just saw what a couple pieces that they're trying to, like, get a showcase for. First of all, Paul George is ready. Um, Kyrie Irving is, is, we knew he was ready. Um, But Jerry Colangelo, I watched an interview with him. He's the director of of USA Basketball. And he's really, I, I didn't think about it then, but I didn't know at the time, this is before, you know, everything with LeBron. 
but he he said, you know, the real future of USA basketball is Durant, and I think he I think he's absolutely right about that. I think losing LeBron hurts, but when you have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving, you have possibly a Paul George, you have a Westbrook, you have a Harden, you have all these young guns that are still like like they're gonna be fine. Then then they're not gonna lose. They're not gonna lose a game. They're they might be in a few closer games without, you know, the LeBrons and the Kobe's of the world being there. But they're still gonna they're still gonna they're still gonna win a gold medal. I, I just <laughs> like it hurts them, it hurts, you know, the excitement of it 'cause, you know, we love we love like how how cool was it to see Chris Paul, Kobe LeBron, Melo, and Durant on the floor at the same time. It was just, it was like sitting in the living room laughing at teams <laughs> trying to guard them, like zone or man to man. Like we're cracking up. Like, yo, they're just, this is a, they're playing around with people. Like the game where they beat the team where they hit every three that they took. Melo was coming down hitting like five straight, and it was just, right. Durant was in the corner draining like, like mid range jump shots, what they look like for real. So it's just, it's, it sucks in that aspect that we won't get to see LeBron in another Olympics with that type of talent around him, because you know how he passes now with guys that yeah. he, when he plays with team USA, he's literally probably his, his eyes light up like, Oh, I got some hooper now. Like I got like, I got, I got Durant on one wing. I got Mel on another wing. I got Kobe in the corner. Like, what 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 should I do? Like like, like that, for him for him that's a dream, but um, it, it, it's gonna hurt the entertainment value of it, and I think it hurts them overall as far as matchups go because they they didn't they didn't need a center they didn't have a center on that team. Tyson Chandler is was their only true center that they had, and Anthony Davis didn't play, so Lon yeah. was playing a lot of four and five at times for them, so that'll hurt. To not have that versatility where you can play small ball, and <laughs> it's just a <laughs> just a massacre about to happen. Um, but uh, but I think they'll be fine. They'll be. I think they'll be. I think they'll be absolutely fine. I trust Kevin Durant um, <laughs> so much because with that international three point line, and oh my God. as his game is continuing to develop, like, like imagine how he's going to be in what is twenty sixteen. Imagine, 20, imagine how good 15, Kevin Durant is. It 2015 the Olympics, or I, I, 2015 I is the 20, FIBA World Cup. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's the World Cup in 2015, and the Olympics are in 2016. And right. by 2016, think about how good Durant's gonna be. He's gonna be. He's not gonna be like entering his prime. He's gonna be in the middle of it. So he's gonna be he's gonna be in two years. Kevin Durant's gonna be OD, like way worse than what he is now. He's already got three scoring titles, so that's scary. Um, Westbrook will be better. Paul George will be better. Kyrie is scary to think about what he's gonna be like in two years. Um, and yeah. and I'm and I'm saying it now. I think Kyrie Irving should be the starting point guard for the 2016 Olympic team. Um, and and you know the the they have good bigs still. Um, Anthony Davis is still coming up. Guys they've had in the system before. Hopefully they get a couple vets like that'll come in, maybe a Deron Williams, 
or 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 somebody that's been there on that last team that can come in and help these younger guys, besides Durant and Westbrook and Harden and all those guys, they're gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. And then they're they're gonna. I know international competition is getting better and better every year. They're they're producing pros at a high rate, and that's great. But when Team USA really wants to go, and they have Mike Shashevsky, who who he can coach, he can coach out coach anyone. When they have Mike Krzyzewski, when they have Jerry Colangelo putting their roster together, when they have the type of talent that they have, they're still going to win it. So it, it sucks that we know LeBron. It really does. But still, they'll still bring home a gold medal and probably still win every game by at least 20 to 25 points easily. So Yeah, I see I see it as like a compensation factor. Like you're, you're kind of compensating for what you – obviously you can't replace a LeBron, but you can compensate with – you know, more more scoring, uh, maybe, you know, different lineups. You can still go fast. I I think it's it's definitely for Kevin Durant specifically, I think it's a big challenge for him, Jay, because I know, you know, you and even you've been, uh, you know, probably the one critique, you know, you've always mentioned is, you know, the physicality. And, uh, you know, I would I would say, you know, they get, it's physical play over there. It does get physical. And LeBron is obviously more of a physical specimen you know, you're. I think you're a little more comfortable with him guarding guys on the block. Um, you know, denying the post there at the five slot. I mean, I don't know if I'm. I'm curious to see how they work out kind of that 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 front court for them because I mean, do you go with Durant at the five? You know, who's who's you know, I mean, length wise, he's basically a seven footer. But I mean, width, he's you know, he he's he's frail. You know, we know he's you know what he is and what he's not. He's not a physical player. Um, so offensively, that would certainly create a matchup problem. But but defensively, uh, you're kind of lacking in that sense. I think maybe you know maybe you go with an you know an Iguodala, Carmelo, Durant type of yeah. three four five situation. Maybe something like that. Yeah, I think I think they bulk up their front court because I mean it, it, that's that, that's no secret there that that Durant should probably be mostly at the three sometimes at the four from time to time. So that's why I feel like, you know, like where they had Greg Monroe in camp, who I like to watch. I haven't seen him mm-hmm. in years. I literally haven't seen him since Georgetown, I feel like. Um, but he's physical. He passes the ball really well. He hits 18 to 15 to 18 foot shots. He's very good. He had a good week of practice. Um, they have uh, the kid from Kentucky that's out uh, – that's out in Sacramento, DeMarcus Cousins, who's who's a bigger dude right, right. who can add some mm-hmm. size. I mean, they have Kevin Love still. Um, right. Yeah. So they're and, and and so they have the big men out there that they don't have to. They they can go small and bump Kevin Durant to the four, but they don't have to go small um, and and have KD at the five and just play five out, um, which they can right. do on occasion. But I, I don't. They they'll. I think they'll. The roster will be built to protect Kevin Durant, and it'll be built okay. to make sure Kevin Durant is doing exactly what he's there to do. Um, they had uh, the kid Drummond, Andre Drummond from Detroit, who's a freak, who's a freak mm-hmm. athlete. I'm telling you, know, this guy's straight to be seven, six, eleven, seven foot and be able to look the way that he does. So they have they have young big men that that, that aren't necessarily big time scores but I but I think in two years if you bring DeMarcus Cousins over there with him getting his body better and stuff like that, he's gonna be a problem for, for them. Obviously not a LeBron type of problem, but they have enough big right. men 
have a front court where Durant can stay at the three and protect him. They're going to make sure he's not not switching off and, and guarding a four or a man um, too much on the block. They're not going to be doing that stuff. He's going to be out on the perimeter mostly, and there's no one in the world that guard him in the NBA, so there's no one <laughs> in it from any other country that can guard him either. So... Um, <laughs> It'll be it'll be it'll be good. I, I, I'm I'm excited to see. It, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a a here Durant type thing. Like LeBron is saying, like no Kevin, it's Kevin's turn to be the guy. It's his turn to like be the like, and he'll get it done, and he'll get it done. So it'll be it'll be good to see. I'm I mean Harden still who's just getting better. It's, yeah. it's it's too much young talent over here, man. They can't deal with us, man. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Croatia and 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 in China and in all these places that basketball is becoming a bigger sport, maybe their most popular sport. But still, I mean, we're we're still gonna do it better. <laughs> so it'll, right. it'll be right. It'll be interesting. It's just they they don't they can't. They, I don't think they can compete, man. I don't think so. And it, it'll be interesting to see. If, yeah, yeah. If Derrick Rose, <laughs> you know, if Derrick Rose comes back healthy, you know, maybe he ends up participating in a couple of years. So if his recovery is 100, percent you've got, you know, you've got Derrick Rose to throw in there, and that's certainly a nice addition for you at at the guard spot. You know, you've got, you know, Steph Curry in there. Uh, like you said, I mean, we we should be fine. I think even Blake Griffin. I mean, he got hurt. Um, he was injured, mm-hmm. you know, the last time around. He ended up getting hurt. So, uh, you know, he's he's an undersized big, obviously, but he he's a little more physical. He may be a body, you know, someone you can throw in. Obviously, he's someone you can throw in for athletic purposes if you trying to if you want to get up and down and start a highlight reel. Um, mm-hmm. But it, but like with the guys you mentioned, I think yeah, I I see your point. I think that makes a lot of sense. You still have the bigs to. Like you said, the way I like the way you put it, you want to protect Durant. You don't want to put him in in positions where he won't be um, as successful. So I, I definitely see I see your point there. I think that's that's a strong um, that that's 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 a lot. There's a lot of reasons for us to still be confident in Team USA um, even without LeBron James. Um, so that that'll definitely be interesting and fun to watch. Uh, Lawrence, any any thoughts on on Team USA without LeBron? Anything in particular that you'd like to see or looking forward to seeing? I mean, I, I feel like Jay did a good job wrapping up everything. I I I do think that it, it sucks that we maybe won't see LeBron. I mean, I mean, it hasn't been confirmed yet, right? It, it's just saying that he's likely. It's not, not confirmed. Able. Yeah, it's saying it's yeah. likely. Likely, yeah. Well. I mean, it, I think it would suck. I think it would suck to, to like, not be able to see LeBron, you know, play with those type of guys. And the main reason for that, at least for me, is because I do think that he is quite possibly the best passer in basketball. And to have that type of firepower around him, I mean, it's it's, it's a show. It's a show. He just gets, he gets everybody the looks they need, and that's going to suck. But I do think the young talent in the NBA right now is, is starting to become overwhelming and, and that they can certainly feel the team with guys, n- not including LeBron, maybe not even including a Kobe. Because I mean, we don't know what Kobe's health status is going to be in, in a few years. And 
whether he's going to like want to put those extra miles on with uh, uh with team USA. But yeah, I mean you look at guys like I mean maybe a Carmelo will still be playing, maybe a Chris Paul, but these younger guys, you know, the Paul Georges, the Kyrie Irvings, the the Steph Currys, I mean, they have enough guys to be able to field the team and still go out and compete at a very high level and win and win gold and I I think I think that LeBron kind of stepping down is cool to an extent because it like kind of gives a market for like these up and coming guys that I know that he knows about. He knows about James Harden. He knows what Kevin Durant is going to be in two years. Like to to kind of step down and say, you know what, I'm going to let it be these guys' team and and let them showcase their talent is is kind of cool because I mean then we're not overwhelmed with just LeBron and you know whenever LeBron comes onto a team or into a situation is at least a little bit of controversy over it. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's nice that we're going to be able to get a bunch of fresh faces and see a bunch of guys compete on that type of state. Yeah, yeah, definitely well said. And for people who may not necessarily see um, some of those other guys play as much, um, it will certainly be a treat for them seeing these young guys um, that are making their mark on the NBA and um, I think that's cool, too. I think, you know, it gives them a chance to experience the whole Olympic journey, you know, going for the gold medal. Um, you know, when we watch those guys compete in the world championships and in the Olympics, um, you really see kind of that bond that's formed um, regardless of, you know, NBA rivalries, whatever the case may be. Whenever they put on that red, white, and blue, um, it's really more of a unity thing, and and uh, you know to let other guys experience that. I think that would I think that would be pretty cool too. Let some of these young guys, um, you know, get a get a taste of 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 what that's like, that whole experience. So um, yeah, we'll you know we'll keep our eyes on Team USA, and uh, you know we'll look out for that confirmation on LeBron officially that he'll be participating in the Olympics. Again, they say it's not likely. Um, but we'll keep our eye on it as always and uh, keep our eye on any announcements with Team USA going forward. Um, I did see Kurt Helen um, from NBC Sports just put up um, something this morning, just kind of a premature little um, article about his first guess at who makes the Team USA for the 2014 World Championships. Um, and he mentioned the fact that obviously the first the first half of next year's NBA, or this year's rather, but this upcoming NBA season, the first half of it is really big for um, how they how they recruit and how they end up picking guys because two guys, Derrick Rose and Kevin Love, who are obviously coming back from injury, obviously you want to track their progress and make sure that they're good to go um, physically. So um, the first half of this upcoming NBA season will probably have some pretty large implications as to who will be participating in the Olympics next summer. Um, so again lot to a lot to watch out for for the NBA season and for team USA going forward um we're about to go to commercial real quick gentlemen and uh we'll come back and talk some music yeah Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face -face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. 
affording a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boom 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing at the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com. for our What We Hear segment. This is the part of our show where um, each of our hosts shares what they've been listening to throughout the week, what's been on their playlist, um, loosely based on our music blog, whatwehear.blogspot.com, where we review music, put up songs and mixtape features and all kinds of other cool stuff uh, where you can find out what we are hearing. Um, As always, we open it up to any listeners or callers that may be on the line with us. Our number is 213-943-3618, and we invite any and all callers to uh, call in and let us know what you're listening to. We want to know the music you're listening to, what you're hearing, um, as we share what we've been hearing. Um, Lawrence, why don't you kick us off for this week and bless us and any listeners with what you've been listening to this week, my brother. All right, well, we, we kind of talked, I kind of talked about him, I guess, a, a little bit last week when I talked about the uh, the Making a Back 2 video, but our, our guy, Jay Electronica, I kind of went back into some into some research this past week and in, in listening to this guy and really trying to figure out, you know, why for a little bit... I was so high on him, and I guess I, I that hasn't gone down at all. He is realistically one of my favorite rappers ever, and this guy has like seven songs. It's so frustrating, and it's like annoying to an extent because it's just like I shouldn't like him this much if he only has seven songs, but the dude is just way too good, uh, particularly off of an EP he put out in, I want to say it was like 2006. It's called the uh, Style Wars EP, but uh, or 2007 it was released, and he has the the track two off of that EP is called So What You Saying. It's like a four minute and twenty second song, has no hook. He's rapping for probably about at least three minutes and fifty seconds of that 4:20. He's just rapping, and it is some of the best stuff I've ever heard in my entire life. So that has been on replay. Um, another song from Jay Electronica, which was uh, another just a 
random unreleased song. Uh, it's called uh, "Dear Moleskin." It's on a um, it's on an old Madlib beat, and uh, it's just it's just really good. I mean, this guy is just really captivating. And um, outside of rap, a little bit, uh, the other thing I've been listening, or I, you know, went back and gave some listens to this week because it's it's honestly one of my favorite albums ever. Is um, Radioheads and Rainbows. It's it's possibly my favorite. I mean, it, it's certainly my favorite like rock alternative album. I mean, apart from you know like the Beatles stuff, I, I there's nothing I've listened to as much as as Radiohead and particularly their and Rainbows album. Uh, highlights on there for me are uh, House of Cards is really 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 grown on me and probably one of my favorite songs and then the song that started me on Radiohead is uh, Weird Fishes slash Apogee and uh, that's uh, those are two of in my opinion Radiohead's best songs and it's it's just it's it's ridiculous but yeah so those are that's what I've been hearing this week you know what I'm saying little J Electronic a little Radiohead you can't go wrong with either of those realistically yeah, um, exactly. I, I, I think that you can't go wrong. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I, I've got something. I've got a little more recent and then a little bit older. I've got three songs. Um, the first of which I actually put up on our music blog, um, this week from Childish Gambino, um, his new record called Centipede. He dropped just the other day. Um, I've been a big supporter of Childish um, and his movement. I just really I've liked his style. He started out more underground, and I think he moved kind of into more of more of a mainstream. But he still keeps that underground feel um, with his last mixtape, the Royalty Project from last year, which was uh, I think ranked at number six of our top ten mixtapes of 2012. Um, I just I just love his style. I love his approach. I think he comes with something fresh just about every time. Um, and this record is close to six minutes long, um, but the whole thing is worth listening to. It's really progressive production-wise. Um, uh, lyrically, he comes with kind of that same really personal um, flow, really personal style and message that he likes to do. Um, talking about, you know, the relationship issues and, and problems with his little brother and stuff and it's it's very personal. It's not it's not um as emotional, but it's it's very personal and I, I do like what he does lyrically and production wise. It's it's very progressive if you if you know anything about or have listened to Childish Gambino over the last couple of years and you hear this song, you would understand um just how progressive it is. So I, I, I like I like what he's doing. Um uh, thus far, um, uh, going away from from rap a little bit, um, a song that came on. The, I think the best part about iTunes Random Shuffle is the, there are those days, and I'm sure Lawrence and Jay, you can both attest to this. Those days when you just have it on random, and and songs come on in your iTunes that you you may have heard before, but you never really heard before. And that happened to me a, a couple times. Both both songs that I'm about to mention are songs that I'm highly familiar with, but I kind of got away from and, and ended up going back to because they both came on random, and then I ended up going back to them more times this week. And the first one is from Jesse Ware, 
who was um, a female English uh, recording artist. Uh, she dropped this Devotion album last year, um, around August, I believe. And um, throughout, it really is a very um, thorough and soothing album. Um, she's kind of got that quiet storm feel to her. Uh, we brought her up with the song that she did with the group Disclosure a couple weeks ago, which is kind of like a, a house group that she gave her vocals on in that song, Confess to Me, which we brought up a couple weeks ago. But um, the song is called um, Something Inside, and uh, it's just a very, very cool song. It's 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 just, it's soothing, it's it's uh, it's personal, it's um, it, it's kind of got a Sade feel to it, but I think she's um, I think she, she's kind of a little more like watered down in the sense she's I don't think she's got as much soul, but um, she's she's just got a really good touch on her vocals. I I, I just I, I love her sound. I love her approach. Um, the song something inside. Um, it's really it's it's I mean it's pretty indicative of the title and when you hear the song, but it's kind of just about you know that something inside that you reach down into and and just plays on those emotions and I, I just really love the direction of the song. The other song is from my man Barry White and that's really all I should have to say is Barry White and the whole thing is just shut down. But the song is called Let the Music Play and um I actually have his um his whole collection. Um so I'm not I, I can't recall exactly what album it came from from him but um it's on the collection album of his um Let the Music Play just vintage Barry White, it's vintage oldies, man. Just the instrumentation, the flutes, the the strings, like it. No one does music like that anymore. I mean, there may be a few people, but you incorporate the instrumentation and then the vocals of Barry White. I mean, you can't touch that. You 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 just can't touch that. No no one does it like Barry White. And uh, uh, let the music play is, is the record. Something I've been listening. I've just been going back to. It's just that ha. And you ain't got nothing for it. So, you know what I'm saying? A little Barry White, a little Jesse Ware, and uh, Childish Gambino for me. Uh, JR, get it cracking for us. What you've what you been hearing this week, big homie? You remember this, Molly? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. son. Yo, what happened to Wiz Khalifa, yo? What happened to Wiz Khalifa? Somebody call in and tell me what happened to Wiz Khalifa, yo. Because, <laughs> yo, it's one of the saddest thing stories in hip-hop, yo. I, I would tell him that. If I ever met him, yo, first of all, I'd be like, yo, son, what's up, man? I respect you, what you do. But what happened? But like, like what, like what, like, like when'd you, like, like, like when'd you, when'd you chalk us? Like, why'd you chalk us and when'd you chalk us? Because, Everybody knows about the K and O J mixtape. If you know anything about Wiz Khalifa, if you know anything about rap music, you know about the K and O J mixtape that you know kind of took over the world, the rap world for for a little bit. Um, I would put it in my top ten mixtapes of all time, um, and it randomly came on um, on my on my shuffle in my in my iTunes. And I just remembered how good it was, how well put together it was, how good the production was, how good the rapping was, how good the singing was, the hooks, the the, the concepts, everything. How actually like good that that whole mixtape was. 
and uh, the Kid Frankie joint, which is the the livest one on there, like the the real like ha, like you know when you ha, you hear that don't <laughs> ha shit like like that just, that was that was that, it was tough and and it's just like yo what happened like well like like we I know every, people that know know what happened. It just it's just really unfortunate <laughs> for hip hop because he was coming out with good, good, very good to excellent stuff. And and the Kid Frankie is one of my favorite Wiz Khalifa songs. And uh I listened to it this week. It just seemed fitting. Um you know, I'm all about the the music, you know, interacting with whatever environment is at the time. So I was I was chilling. I was already chilled out, and I put on the kid Frankie, and and it was and it was nice. It was it was a good it was a good feeling song. Um, really, you know, upbeat, positive, like nothing too crazy in it. Um, something just to you know kind of dance to, kind of shoulder bop to. Ha, you know what I'm saying? So I, right. I listened to the kid Frankie a few times. You you know Molly, you know. And so I listened to uh, I listened to. Wiz Khalifa, the kid Frankie, um, a few times this week. Um, and, alright, I would be lying, I know we've talked about them before, but I would be lying if I didn't say this. Um, I've probably, every night this week, literally every night this week, I've gone on YouTube and watched, um, the group Disclosure that we've been talking about, all of us have been talking about them. Um, I listened to their, uh, the song White Noise, Molly. Oh, that turn up. Yo, yo, have you seen the yo, Have man. you seen the actual official video for that joint? I have, I have. Yo, it's just you walking around pop locking all day. <laughs> I was like, oh, this video is the greatest video I've ever saw because it's Molly pop locked abandoned building to this tough ass song. It was everything. Yo, I've been like, I've been watching this video over and over and over and over again, and it, it, it's somewhat the video, but it's mostly the song. But but it's the turn up, like it's it's just it's just such a good song, well put together. The the chords, everything about it, everything that they put into it was just swagged out, and and the girl singing on it. I'm not. I can't touch that one, yo. Usually, I'm on here singing a little bit, but I'm I'm gonna leave that one alone too because I'm not messing with that one quite yet. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Maybe next week, I'll, I'll sing that joint. But yo, some white noise disclosure. If you haven't, if you haven't really like listened to them, and we've been putting y'all on for this long, man, there's something going wrong. Just give it a try because you won't be disappointed. You won't you won't not like it. It may not be your thing, but you but you will not not like it. Like like right. like that won't happen. So so it's 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 a it's a healthy risk. It's a good risk to take if you if you're a rap listener, if you're an R and B listener, and you want to just step outside the box for a second. That would be a good step out of the box type type. I guess sound to hear because it's that good, um, and the video really, really set it all for me. Um, has over nine million views on on YouTube, so it's doing pretty well. Um, it's not like they they need us necessarily, but I, I just I love what they're doing. I love the sound, and 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 
I've literally been listening to that song a few times a day um, all this week. So two two songs I listened to this week, um, The Kid Frankie with Khalifa and uh, Disclosure White Noise are, are, are the two that I'm going to um, for the What We Hear segment this week. You can't you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong when it comes to what we hear. I mean, it's like you said, Jay. If 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 you if you listen to this podcast, if you if you've been called, if you called in, if you listen in on the computer, whatever the case may be, if you go to our show blog, thecollectiveradio.blogspot.com, where we put up the videos and songs that we mention each week from our segment, you 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 just you're missing out. If, if you're not if, if you're not tuned into the stuff that we we just we humbly try to put the world onto. Uh, just, it's just too much. It, it is just so much to consider. I mean, we started off with Lawrence with Jay Electronica, all the way down to Radiohead, uh, Barry White, Disclosure, Cushion. I mean, what do you want? What, 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 what more do you want? What else do you need? You know, we, we're, covering we're trying everything. to help y'all out. <laughs> we're we're, we're not, we're out. not missing a step. <laughs> we ain't doing nothing crazy. <laughs> No, man, we just trying to go down over here. We just trying to spread some knowledge. <laughs> we just trying to spread some knowledge. <laughs> so, yeah, again, you can check out our show blog, thecollectiveradio.blogspot.com, um, where we put up the songs and videos that we mention each week. And uh, you can check out the songs and music that we're listening to from our What We Hear segment. Um Again, each week you just can't you just can't go wrong. If if you're looking for new rap, if you're looking for something to just to put on while you're getting dressed, something to turn up to, something to play with your girl. I mean, we cover all bases. You know, we don't we don't miss a beat. This 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 is what we do. We, we this is what we hear. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else, how else I can put it. You know what I'm saying? This, this is just this is just what we do. So. um uh, segueing into into the more pressing uh, discussion topic for our music segment, uh, Jay Z did his interview with Rap Radar and Elliot Wilson this week, um, a two part interview um, in which he kind of just opened up. It was uh, very candid. I encourage anyone to uh, to watch the full interview. Um, uh, just a lot of really candid and personal things that he that he touches on, um, breaks down some things from his album. Um, which I, which actually really kind of blew me away. Um, a couple of songs that I thought I understood, but <laughs> didn't. When he actually broke it down, it kind of, kind of messed me up a little bit. But uh, just a really candid interview, and the the big highlight from the interview, uh, guys, the big comment that he made that's kind of gone viral. And when uh, Dime Magazine actually put up the video from the interview and um, put forth the question, and I actually engaged in a pretty extensive dialogue with a few other people on the website um, the other day. Um, Well, how about this? I'll just play the clip. Uh, technical difficulties, I guess. It is, uh, the clip is running, but uh, I'm not hearing anything. So uh, we'll try that again in a second. But uh, again, the big, the big subject, the big story from it was uh, Jay Z was talking about 
kind of other guys in the rap game. Drake. We have a great relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know there he is. feels like I'm the next one. Yeah. I'm right here. Yeah. You know, I, we hear the lines. I hear feeling like donuts for the take it. Watch you take <laughs> You know, he's feeling it. It's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, it, it, wasn't in the, it's, it wasn't meant with malice or disrespect. Yeah. It was just meant with, like, I'm coming, like, you know. Yeah. You know, no, acknowledge my acknowledge my existence and my and you know I'm real I'm right there on your shoulder. Yeah. Ace, you know? put, Ace putting the numbers up with the hits and, and yeah. Billboard charts. So so there, I mean you know there's a respect thing there's a respect thing there but it's also comp- uh, a, a competitive thing and it's done the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's your biggest competition in terms of the, the new school now that's going on the new school? Uh, he's definitely the one that's reared his head as the as the guy. He's definitely Kobe Bryant. 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 So, gentlemen, that was the clip. That was the comment, um, the big comment that that's been that's been going around that people have been discussing. Um, Jay Z calling Drake the Kobe Bryant of the rap game. Um, this is this is very very personal for me. I can say because I, I, as anyone knows who listens to the show or who knows me personally, I'm a big Kobe guy. Um, that is my guy. Um, I ride for Kobe all day, every day. Um, I'm going to go off bat. I'm going on the limb and saying that I think this analogy is extremely inaccurate. Um, for the, the, the big thing for me, guys, is that I don't think it works for either side. I don't think it's fair to say that Drake is the Kobe of rap. In fact, I think, I mean, I, I kind of understand his contention, and I think I I understand what he's looking to insinuate. But he's basically, I think, saying that he's Mike, and he's considering Drake more of, of the Kobe, kind of like the second coming. But again, I don't agree with it. I think it's pretty inaccurate. I, I like to make these analogies actually on my own um, between you know because I'm a big basketball guy and I'm a big rap guy, so I like to make those analogies myself. And I would not consider Drake the Kobe Bryant of the rap game. Uh, first and foremost, Drake does. Drake is not as seasoned as Kobe. Kobe Bryant is in the final stages of his basketball career. Um, Kobe Bryant is a seasoned veteran, again, on the last leg of his career, still doing great things, but on his way out. Um, with that being said, I don't think Drake fits that notion because, I mean, Drake's been here for a few years, I mean, killing it. I mean, killing it. He is the killer. Um, but I, but it, he's still – he's not the seasoned vet. I think Jay-Z did kind of a disservice to his own guy because, for me, I see Kanye West as the Kobe Bryant of rap, um, mainly because of what I just said because Kanye is in the latter stages of his career, much like Kobe. But also because I think you look at the, the you know the NBA spectacle and the rap spectacle, I think Kobe kind of gets the same you know uh, I think he's kind of falling into that you know people don't really consider him the same Kobe as he was much like with Kanye I think it's a very similar complex if not extremely compatible. Um, I frankly, I'll go. I'll say it. I think saying I think it's a disrespect to Kobe. Maybe I'm too much of a Kobe guy, but not to say that I don't love Drake because I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Drake guy. I'm a Drake fan. Um, but I think it's a disservice to Kanye West and to Kobe Bryant 
to say that Drake is the Kobe Bryant of rap. I think Drake is more like the Kevin Durant of rap. Uh, I think he's got, you know, he puts up numbers. He gets his scoring titles, you know what I'm saying? And then no one can deny him. No one can guard him. No one can stop him. But, yo, to Drake, to say Drake, Drake ain't got five rings yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kanye's got rings. They, they, you know, I'm making the analogy again here. I'm, you know, I'm crossing over very loosely. But in my eyes, I don't think the analogy works, guys. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I think it. I think it could work. I, I, I don't know if I disagree with it as much as you do, and probably because you're as much of a Kobe guy as you are, like you said. I mean, I think Drake certainly. I mean, if we're if we're looking at the like grand scope of rap currently, like Jay Z speaking to like what is going on right now, not necessarily in terms of like length of career or how long, but like right now, you know. If Jay-Z is Mike, if he's saying that he's Mike, you know, I mean, who else? I, I hear the Kanye argument, and I think Kanye, and I think that's a very fair argument. I would almost say that Kanye's more the Kobe of rap. But at the same time, I don't think that Drake is that far off from being there. I mean, I think that Drake, lyrically at this current moment, is better than Kanye, and he is better than, you know, most of his contemporaries. I think one of the only guys that's really holding any sort of, you know, candle to, to, to Drake's butt right now is, is Kendrick. And, I mean, I've gone on record to say that before, that I think that those two are kind of at the top of this rap totem pole right now. But I, I don't think it's I don't think it's all that unfair. I, I, I mean, I see where he's coming. I feel like it was, it was loose, and he kind of just said it on a whim, just like, you know, like Drake, like Kobe Bryant. Like, he's, like, right there. Like, I think that's him saying, like, He's like right on the cusp of being like the best or like like being considered like he's in the talks for being like considered like the best, like the greatest out right now. Because, I mean, that that's realistically where the where the relevancy comes in. But we got a We got a caller on the line that has has an opinion on us. We're going to go ahead and bring you live. What's up, Chavis? What's going on, y'all? L, Marley, Jay, what's going on? What's, what's up, up what's up, what's up? Hey, you know, you know, kind of tune in for that comment. Of course, Kobe is my boy too. Kobe is my guy. Jay Kobe is my guy. Drake guy. is my guy. Yeah, man, That's Drake. Right. Yeah, man, what's up? Those, uh, are, those are Chavis's two favorite human beings on earth. Nah, 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 nah. Kobe's my first man. You know that. <laughs> He's not even talking about his mama. Cause Kobe, Drake, then mom. Nah, nah, nah. Man, come on, you know my mom's no one. But anyway. Back to comment. Back to comment. I uh, I also disagree with that because uh, I like all those points you guys said. Uh, that Marley said. I don't think uh, Drake's been there long enough to be compared to Kobe like that. You know, because I wouldn't say Kobe's at the end of his career because he's still got about ten good years left. But I do say, you know, he's been in he's been in the league longer than than Drake. You know, he's been killing longer than Drake. He's been killing musically. But uh, the only comparison I can see is. Uh, Kobe's work ethic, you know, he's a he's a killer when it comes to training and preparation, you know, just, just getting ready in off season, even throughout the season and just improving his game and doing different things to get better and evolve in his game. So I can see the the work ethic, the the training and the the time and the care that Drake puts into his music as being the only comparison but as far as overall Kobe and Drake, I don't see it either Marley. So, so Chavis, what do you think about about and and I think what you just said, like the the preparation, 
the adjustments that Kobe has had to make in, you know, with him being older, obviously, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have the lift that he had as a young man, but he's been able to adjust. He plays more out of the post. He, you know, he, he developed his game more for his age and he's still killing. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think? Do, do you think my, my Kanye Kobe analogy, cause I know you're more of a Drake guy than a Kanye guy. So I'm interested if you think a Kanye Kobe analogy may be a little more accurate. Well, uh, I, I can see where you're going with that as well, but, uh, when I first, when I initially heard the the, the Drake Kobe comparison, the first person I thought of as being Kobe, and you know this hurts me to say that would be Jay because he is older and he almost has uh, I wouldn't say he has something to prove, but he comes off as still having something to prove uh, as far as music. You know, we had a debate last week, we have to debate all the time, and I'm not just saying you guys. It seems like whatever Kanye does is gold nowadays. You know, and I I I even said. When you know Kanye releases it out before, I've heard about Magic Carter that Kanye has that Michael Jordan effect now. Where if you say anything against him, it's almost sacrilegious. Like if I say Kobe's better than Jordan, then you got you know everybody goes crazy. You know, so Kanye almost has that Jordan feel now, that Jordan effect where you know he, he whatever he does is gold. And Jay is still spinning, and he's uh you know change, I, I think he's doing things differently here and there to kind of stay relevant. Some similar to what Kobe's doing in, in basketball. So that's my thing. I, I wouldn't call Jay the Kobe because I love Kobe. I love Jay. It's two different things. Uh, different, you know, the dichotomy is just so, so different. But I still see Jay doing what Kobe does more so than what uh, Kanye doing what Kobe does. You know, Kanye has the Jordan effect to me right now. It's, it hurts me to say that. You would, so you would give Kanye more of a Jordan complex than Jay? Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Absolutely. I actually, my first reaction when I heard it was that I actually felt, I, I feel like Jay is more Kobe than Drake is because, again, I think Drake, you know, and, and I, what Lawrence said I think is big because I, I think that's the biggest connection with the analogy between Drake and Kobe is that, and Jay even said it in the clip. I mean, you hear it in his lyrics, for coming for the throne, watch me take it. Like, he's on the cusp. He's right yeah, there yeah. On, on Jay's heels. Um, but you know, again, initially when I first heard it, my thought was like, well, I think Jay is more kind, is more Kobe than than Drake is because of the the implications of their careers, where they're at in their careers, uh, you know. Um, and I I can't help but consider that. And I don't think there's a problem with saying, you know, Drake is more like a Kevin Durant. I I, I said yeah. I really I, I I like that analogy a lot more because you look at both you know both guys, Kevin Durant. You know, I mean, what can you really say? Nobody can stop him. Drake, what? I mean, yeah. he's the killer. That, that, whether you, whether you like him or too. not, whether he's too. your favorite, he's a killer. He gets buckets yeah. on what? He gets buckets. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The thing that bothers the thing that another one that hurts me is I almost say I was discussing this with one of my friends uh, last week as well. I say Drake. I can see Drake as being LeBron. You guys know I'm not a Brown fan. I don't hate him anymore, but I can see him as more of a LeBron because of what LeBron went through and how everybody, you know, kind of took shots at him. We got in common and, and pushed taking shots at my boy Drake, you know, but I got his back. If anybody won war, I got I got his back. But, you know, that's why I can see Bron as, uh, Drake as being more of LeBron because he can do a lot. You know, he can sing. He can spit. Yeah. He, he, he can do what he wants, you know, whatever he wants. Bron can pass. Bron can get buckets. And Bron gets boards. And it really, it really, I don't know if you guys can hear it, it bothers me because I'm not a Bron fan. I am a Drake fan, however. So it's tough to give Drake that, that Bron nod. But 
I can see the Kevin Durant I thing see. as well. I can see, yeah, I can say I can say Kendrick has been Durant. You know, uh, them to those two guys, Brian and Durant, probably the most dominant guys right now outside of Coke Brian, of course, and, and everything. You know, I, Durant has already passed Melo to me as uh, overall, just because what he can do with his team. But yeah, it's tough, man. I don't, I don't see Drake as being the Kobe right now. It's, I, I think it's just a cool analogy to kind of break down. Um, I I like the LeBron-Drake analogy because of what you said. Like, the versatility factors are with both. You know, like you said, Drake, you know, he touches all angles and the same with LeBron. Um, you know, and Chavis, it's, it's almost like by default, if you're if you're a Kobe fan like we are and like Jay is, you kind of have to spite LeBron at some aspect. I mean, we don't, you exactly. know, yeah, yeah. we admire him and we, you know, we respect him to every degree. You know, he's amazing. But, you know, at the same time, we don't have to just act like we, you know, Kobe ain't still ain't still that dude, you know what I'm saying? So, exactly, exactly. Um, I like the LeBron. I I would give, and I think Lawrence may. I think Lawrence may appreciate this a little bit more. I give I give Kendrick the LeBron James nod more, only because, and I think the versatility thing is with Kendrick too, because I think you know he he does his melodies and whatnot and stuff like that. But also just in terms of kind of how they came into the game, I think they both kind of had this like really strong. Um, they just like uh, it's just a really strong entrance into the game. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. They both had strong uh, presence uh, entering the game, but uh, I would again just give a um, Drake the edge just because of the way he came in with his mixtape being nominated and just having that buzz and being on everybody's track the same way Wayne was when he was on his takeover. Kendrick to me, kind of. Uh, I wouldn't call it gradual. He did have a strong presence coming in, but I just wouldn't say it was uh, to the same magnitude as uh, Drake's was. Because uh, I like Kendrick. Sure. I, you know, I like Kendrick, but I've, I've heard people still say, "Man, what well, you know? What's so special about Kendrick?" Or that you know, Kendrick had to grow on them. You know, because you know some people don't like Section 80, but then they heard Good Kid and they're like, "Okay, well I can see now." You know, Drake was a mixtape yeah. and everybody loved him. So the guest version, everybody yeah. loved him. Yeah, Thank You Later came out, and everybody already loved them. You know, Good Kid, Mad City gained fans for Kendrick, and Drake already had the buzz before Thank You Later dropped. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I'm interested to hear Jay's point. I haven't gotten Jay's take yet. I really, I'm really curious to see what Jay thinks about this analogy. Jr. Jr. Where you at, big homie? Jay, Jay, what's up? You there? Uh, so, yeah, while we wait for Jay to come on and uh, give us his take, um, yeah, and I, I just, you know, Chase, I can't, I just can't help but think about, you know, Careers, I, I I think you make a strong point about you know in terms of their entrance into the game. I think you're right. You know Drake did have that instant impact. Uh, I think that's a really strong point. Um, and and again, I look at these analogies mainly in terms of um, you know career accolades and and you know where where guys are at right now. Again, I, I did understand where Jay was coming from. You know like. You know, because he, cause he clearly acknowledges Drake as, you know, right there on his heels. Um, 
Uh, so I, I get I get where he was coming from. I just don't think it was all the way accurate um, to say that he. Just thinking about Kobe right now, you know, I, I'm thinking about Kobe right now. I'm thinking about Drake right now. I think in, you know, in terms of in terms of Drake's um, ongoing potential, which is already sky high. You know, he's just he's just riding that sky high wave. I th- you know, that Kobe aspect I think is relevant, but. Uh, to say he's the Kobe Bryant of rats right now. Uh, I think Jay is. I, I, I see Jay as more Kobe than Drake just because of you know where they're at in their careers. I, I Agreed. I match analogies like that. Um, Jay, what's up? Are you, are you back with us? Yeah, yeah, we're back. All right. So, um, it's interesting that he was saying, uh, mainly because I feel like there's some type. There's something more, more to it. I wanna. I I I feel like mm. we don't tell us about the it. Context of the of the of the statement. I, I I don't think we understand the full context. So, what he's saying, what he's saying. If you look at Kobe's situation, and you look at Drake's situation, and then you look at somebody like Jay Z saying it, Jay Z is implying that Drake is chasing someone. If he's saying something about Kobe, because we all know Kobe's chasing Mike, um, and 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 that's not Kobe makes that clear to us all the time. Um, so we so so when he says when he calls Drake Kobe of rap, he's implying that he's chasing someone. But this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the someone may not Jay Z may may very well see himself. As the Bill Russell of rap, like I have, I have this many okay, okay. number one albums. I have this many number one albums. You know, we all know Bill Russell had eleven rings. He has the most rings ever. So could it be? Could it be that he thinks the Bill Russell of rap? That oh, Kanye, okay. That Con- that Kanye's the Uncle Jordan of rap. And possibly Drake is the Kobe of rap, and Drake is chasing Kanye, maybe. Okay, okay. That's an know. interesting way I to look know. at it. I'm, 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 cause, cause Jay Z wouldn't. Say, I, he's too intricate to just say it, and it just be as simple <laughs> as, "I'm Michael Jordan, yeah. Drake's Kobe." Yeah. And not have Kanye in the scenario at all, and not have uh, a Nas in the. In the Maybe maybe we're digging into it too much, but for me, I think that's not as simple as saying I'm the Michael Jordan of rap and Drake's the the Kobe Bryant of rap because he knows that Kobe is almost there, and I don't think he thinks Drake is almost there. I don't I don't I don't think he does at least. So I don't know I don't know how I would put it. I honestly don't. I think if, I if think it's interesting on, though. Sorry. Go ahead, Mar. No, I just think it's interesting, uh, really interesting, but because, like, Jay, you know, when people talk about, and I, I, I come across this, this issue so much when people talk about, and Chavis, I know you, you get this, because when, you know, when you argue, when you argue for Kobe, so many people just, with so many slanderous comments and issues. Uh, yeah, absolutely. To, you know, but listen, the one thing is, you know, with Bill Russell, you know, he's got the most rings ever, but, but we still consider Mike to be the best ever with six. 
And I exactly. always come across people who say, you know, why isn't Bill Russell considered the best ever? Um, because he's got 11 rings. You know, if it's all about rings, you know, when, when I when I do the Kobe-LeBron argument, you know, uh, guys, <laughs> I kind of say it ignorantly to people, but five is still more, three more than two. Um, but, but you know, and then I get from people, oh, well, well, Bill Russell has 11 rings. Why is it Bill Russell the best of all time? Well, there's 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 things to consider. There's there's the era that he played in. There's the era that Mike played in. There's the way that Mike did it. The fact that he got three, went to play baseball like an idiot, and then came back and, and got another three for himself. It was the way he dominated. The way he the, the fadeaways, the, the the game winners, the forty plus, fifty plus point game. I mean, you just it just goes on and on. The proof is in the proof is in the the the, the pudding. So okay, I think so. Okay, so I, I think like most of the time, you know, we want to call Jay Z the Michael Jordan because we consider him one of the, you know one of the best. Um, I think the Bill Russell thing makes his comment a little more justified because I think yeah, yeah. it's like you're right. He's, he's Drake is chasing after he's he's going after the the, the greats and you know may, you know Jay Z as old as he is I mean he's 43 years old maybe he is more of a of a of a an, an old Bill Russell you know I mean he's still doing obviously but he's old and maybe maybe he is like. Definitely merging into the old hip hop. I mean, we're into this new era now, and uh, Jay Z is is slowly becoming part of. It. He's still doing music, but he's becoming slowly part of the older era. So that I think that's an interesting and different way to look at it, though. Yeah, and and okay, so we we consider it, it's it's all right. This is this is another reason why I would think that. So we consider. There's there's more more than Mike's play, it's his influence on the game of basketball itself. Okay, so like the brand, the the brand, the the money that he made off of his brand, the way he changed the game. He literally he literally Magic and Larry were going out, so he took the whole league on his shoulders and changed it completely almost and and now the league is different because of Michael Jordan Kanye's Kanye has been the one that's been pushing the envelope and trying to change rap since he's been out and and I, I just feel like that it's so hard it's so hard to say that but it's I, I feel like that could be the the missing the missing point here is that Kanye is changing Hip hop, Mike changed basketball, and 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 right. for both for the better. So like that's why I feel like I don't know, man. It's so hard. Like I I want to go by people's individual like specific skill sets and try to match it right. up. But you obviously <laughs> yeah, can't tough. do that. So you can go off. You, you know you can say you know albums number one albums or classic mm-hmm. albums or your or your championships. So who mm-hmm. has more? Cla- who has the most classic albums or number one albums? I'm pretty sure it's Jay Z, and and who has you know close to it? Who's also had a huge influence on the game? And you can say you can say Kanye. You can say a bunch of guys. You can say a Nas. You can say a lot of people. 
But mm-hmm. when we're talking about this specific Drake Kobe Bryant comparison, I don't I just don't think it's right. I think Kendrick is more of a Kobe than Drake is, honestly. And I do too. And and I would say and I would say Drake being Kevin Durant would be would be accurate. Um it's 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 funny. It's 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 funny cuz you like for us it's like the two things that we two of the things that we love the most, you know, basketball and hip hop and we can fuse them somehow and try to make arguments. It's very cool. Um it's just it's difficult, and Jay-Z just made it even more difficult for us. It's a Kobe of the game. Come on. Come on, Kobe. Don't do that. Don't do that to Drake either. He don't need that type of pressure. <laughs> but interesting uh, analogy. Very interesting. And I think the, your point about, you know, Kanye and, and Michael, um, I think couldn't be more spot on because, like you said, Michael Jordan, they made new rules because of him, Jay. Like, there, yeah, exactly. there were new rules implemented. Hand-checking, you know, defensive threes. I mean, there were rules that were implemented and put in place because Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan couldn't be stopped. And uh, I think that you're right. I think very similar with Kanye, particularly. I mean, like you said, he's always been someone to push the envelope and to and to and to cross boundaries and to and to look to challenge and do different things. Um, but I mean, obviously, we talked about you know the Jesus album. That one does it probably most uh, most notably. Um, and I I think I think you've got something really concrete there. I think that that. That links Kanye to Mike, um, maybe even more, you know, than Jay. I think we're just inclined to give Jay the Michael label because, you know, uh, because he's Jay Z and Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, and you kind of want to merge the the, the best of both echelons, and and you know, just <laughs> we just make that kind of analogy real easily. Uh, I I agree. I think he just he just made those making those analogies that much tougher. And like I said, I engaged in a really extensive dialogue with some people on Dime Magazine, um, and uh, it was it was really interesting to see and hear what what different people were thinking because some people felt that you know Drake is the Kobe of rap right now because because when he decides to do something, when he steps on the floor, he's going to get thirty, like, and that's still something that's attributed with Kobe Bryant even in this latter part of his career. But again, I'm giving more of the Kevin Durant because I think Drake is still he's still just he like he's still I mean he's not new and he's I mean he's still young. He's not one of the younger guys out, but he's still relatively young. Um but he's you know, he's still got a ways to go. He's still he's got two good albums, two two good albums and, and a great mixtape, a couple of great mixtapes. And a lot of great, just miscellaneous material. I mean, just about anything he touches is his goal. Um, but I still think he's got a lot more to do. Much like Kevin Durant, I, I just, I, I'm, I, I just stick to that analogy. I stand by it. Um, right. Blue Magic. I stand by it. I guarantee it. Like I, I just, <laughs> I, I, I think that one works. I, I just think that works really well. Chavis, right. you got any final thoughts for us? Uh, indeed, I do. Indeed, I do. Uh, the the script you just gave of Drake and Durant as having, you know, 
a lot more things to do and just having two good albums and 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 miscellaneous material and that make him the Durant. I fail to see how Kendrick is the Kobe is more so the Kobe than Drake. I just want you guys to clear that up for me because I don't think Kendrick has done more than Drake hip hop wise with only one album that you guys consider great and so do other people, which I think is good as opposed to two great albums from Drake and a classic mixtape and the lightest touch on any single he's on. That seems like more Kobe to me than than uh Kevin Durant. I see where you're coming from. And I and I and and like I said before, I I mean when you talk about the the body of work and the and the career, um I, I think from that aspect Drake may be more of a Kobe than Kendrick. I I, I at some level I do agree. Um I, the only the, see the area where I struggle and where I I do give Kendrick the nod and and you know you know Chavis we've talked you know I I'm I'm a big good kid mad city person I was big on section eighty as well um, I I just think it's tough yeah I think it's, I think it's tougher to make the Kendrick Kobe comparison than for Drake I, I do but I I just I just and it's not even because of the K's either. I'm going Kanye, Kendrick, Kobe. It, you know, that's kind of yeah, not the coincidence. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? But that's just a little coincidence there. But I just think I, I, I think the way Kendrick is is kind of dominating hip-hop right now. I want to use – how about that? The Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe remix. I, how about we use that kind of like as a template? Because oh, no. if you use that as a template – that I think is more Kobe Mike than, for example, Chavis "Light Up" from "Thank Me Later," the Drake and Jay Z record. Which I mean, listen, <laughs> lyrically, yeah, that's that thing. Y'all trying to kick me off again, ain't y'all? Yeah, they did. You trying to y'all trying to kick me off purely because I'm gonna say it real long again with the "Don't Kill My Body" remix. Did Kendrick murder Jay on that? Yes. Yes. Okay, y'all might y'all, y'all might as well kick me off now. Because I disagree. I think it's. I say this all the time. It is smoke and mirrors. It's smoke and mirrors with flow. It's the same thing with Renegade. It's the same thing. I say it was a tie. M. J. on Renegade. What are you talking? Because about? of his flow. Because of his flow. It's smoke and mirrors. Man. Is that not part I, of the rap? Is that not? Is that? Does that mean? Does that mean he killed him? Does that mean he really he killed him? I think Don't Kill My Body was, yeah. was a tie. I think that was a tie. And Kendrick got two verses. <laughs> Chavis, the second verses. verse, dog. The second verse, he sounded angry. He had that angry flow, much like him slow on the second verse from Renegade. All right. And that, that grizzly flow, that joint that he just went, his, he flowed harder. And right. people automatically say he just killed him. That's smoke and mirrors. What, what right, is he right, saying? Right, right, right. We hear you. I really, we hear you. Yo, all right. So this is, I, I feel like in, like, in an, from a, like, if we take a step back here to the to the to everything that started this whole debate, I think that, what Jay-Z realistically is, like, implying is 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 a metaphor. I mean, we, we know that, and we are treating it as that. But at the same time, I think that the only thing that we can real... Because, I mean, there's no way we're going to be able to come up with, like, a subjective art. Like, Jay is Mike, or Kendrick right, is yeah. this person, or Drake is this person. There's no way we're going to be able to do that. It's literally impossible. So I think that only thing Jay is trying to do in terms of starting a debate, he knows when he says things like that, he's starting a debate, he's going to start conversation. I think that 
only the, the main thing he's implying there is that an argument can be made for. I mean, arguments can be made against everything. Like, I mean, people can say that Mike isn't the best player ever, and arguments can be made. But the more arguments can be made that he is the greatest. I think that there isn't – I mean, it's obvious in, in this entire discussion that we've had that an argument can be made for Drake being the Kobe of rap. I mean, we, we've made points for the pro and for the con of it. And if there's a point for the pro, that means that it's possible to be true. You know, it means that it's not entirely false. If it, if we were all just like, you know what, no, there's no way that's possible, then then – it wouldn't really be much of much entertaining. It wouldn't be much of a debate. But at the same time, I think mm-hmm. that, that's what we need to look at these things like. And 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 there's and it's in moments. You know, it's like it's like trying to take a picture of like one instance. Like it's it's right now is is I think what he's implying more than anything. And I do think mm-hmm. Chay, this that's a right now comparison. Like I mean for. For Kendrick's uh, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe remix, for the cover art to be the picture of Kobe and Mike, I think that that right. is completely applicable for right now. You know, for like right then in that moment, there was no one rapping better than those two. And, and I mean, we can go back and forth forever and say who got who. Jay had a fantastic verse on it. Kendrick had a better verse. You don't want to hear that. I understand. <laughs> And it's it's smoke and mirrors, but the flow the flow is is half of this rap thing. You know, it's it's not just about what you're saying; it's how you're saying it. Those are the like two primary components. So if you're killing someone in the flow, then I mean, content just has to equal out for you to have a better verse. Realistically, I mean, would you agree? Would you agree on that? I, I, what you say makes sense, but did he not have two verses? Have one. We're talking about all right. So one verse, one verse. Kendrick verse two, Jay Z's only verse. It's it's like the, what what's I, the comparison? I, I, I think it's a tie, and that people I think people give Kendrick the nod because he sounded more aggressive on with the floor. I just think it's smoking mirrors. It's not sound. It's not just the sound. It's what he's actually what doing. He like this, what did he say? What did he say? Lawrence, I mean Lawrence, this yo please, this Lawrence. rap thing. This what rap did he thing. Say? This rap Lawrence, thing is a Lawrence, can you recite the, the second, the, what is, what is, what is part of the second verse real quick? All right, so wait, 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 what did he, what he tell him? What did he tell him? He said, um, he said, told niggas when I was 16 that I read a 16 to put a nigga right on the big screen. And the paddy wagon was 16, should have been in the pen, but now I'm a pen right with morphine. I healed niggas. <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right. So, 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 so that wasn't was as hot as the Hillary Swank line? Yeah, yo, son, the Hillary Swank line is tough. It's tough. So is that a tie? So what a I'm saying is, it's the delivery, Chavis. That's half that, a that's rap. That's what I'm saying. That's I'm what saying makes it. rapper talent. Like anybody can say some like contentful stuff, so like something with some substance to it. But it's about how you're saying it. That's half of this thing. You know, that's what makes that's what makes Andre 3000 as good as he is. That's what made Biggie as good as he is. It's like how he's saying it. It's like the way in which he's saying it. And, and Kendrick is saying what he's, what he's trying to get across better. So, so, so tell me, tell me in, in comparison to, to light up to Molly's point, was Kendrick's bout against Jay tougher than, than, than Drake's on light up when they each had one verse, which that was a tie as well? I think the I, I think the I'm with Lawrence on this because the, I felt like the delivery of it was was 
it, it just, it like, it attacks you. Like, it comes, I mean, it is that angry flow, like you said, Chavis, but it's not like he's just, it's not like he's just, like, just spewing out some stuff. I mean, what, what, what Lawrence just said, like, what he says, like, like, there's there's meaning to that. He's not just rapping angry. He's rapping angry with while saying something that has pure substance. And and to, to I think Drake's verse on Light Up was absolutely phenomenal. In fact, I I remember even arguing with some people at that point that it was better than Jay's verse on that because I felt I I, I really yeah, liked yeah. Drake's verse on that. I'm with you, but again, the, 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 again, yeah, but again, the flow, even the flow on on Light Up. I mean, it wasn't. It, I mean, it was it was Drake's flow. I mean, it was it was a good flow. It wasn't anything that you came away. I mean, you came away from it like, wow, he really just said some stuff. But it's like I, I'm with Lawrence because it's, it's it's what you say and it's how you say it also. And I just I just think the way that Kendrick came out on that second verse with that hurry up angry. I mean, yo, like. I never heard anything like that before. Like that, me personally, oh, when I heard it. that, stop it. yo, I I don't think I ever heard someone come on that hurry up on the petty wagon with in the petty wagon with morphine. I heal it. Like yo, I don't I don't know if I ever felt the way I felt after hearing a verse like that, yo. I just because of the the delivery alone was like like I know he's gonna say something, but how he said it was crazy. <laughs> It's a good verse. It's hot. He flowed crazy on it. It is a tie in my book because it's he had two verses in Smoke and Mirrors. You keep talking it was, about it, two it, it really it's a, it's a tie. It's a, it's a, it's a tie, man. It's a tie. It's a, it's, it's the same thing with, with Light Up. It was it was tough for me, too, because I was like, man, my first thing was say Jay got him. You know, right. the triple entendre, the way he started it, with the, uh, with the way he ended it. You know, addressing all his little beefs or whatever, putting the product placement, putting it on an album that everybody was going to hear. So he had to address points. But what Drake said was crazy. So I just said it was a tie. And here we are again. I, I had the same exact predicament. Tie. I hear. Next you. Tie. But, tie. Okay, but Chavis, but, but Chavis, would you take would you take Jay's? I know it, I know it's uh it's a it's a pretty big time difference. But Jay's uh the Jay's verse with Kendrick against Jay's verse with Drake, because. It, <laughs> No, 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 how would you? The light of the verse is better than that. Okay, okay. Then I think I would I would probably argue that too. But um, even saying that, even even saying that, I I feel like it comes down to you. I mean, I, you've said this already before, but I you know you're not you weren't that overly impressed by Kendrick's verse. But even acknowledging that Jay's verse on Light Up was better than than with Kendrick's, you still think it's a tie with Kendrick's verse? I'm going to just put it like this here. Maybe it is my bias for Jay, and maybe it is my I'm not that impressed with Kendrick overall. As well as making I, me I, say I don't that. think that's a maybe, bro. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm going I'm to give you guys two, I'm going to give you guys three thumbs up because whenever I, I'm one of those people that says, okay, Kendrick's nice, tell me what he said. Tell me what he said. And I hear people say, uh, 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 he's just nice. I applaud you for actually saying and quoting something hot that he said. You're the first person to have argued, debated, had a discussion, dapped up, looked, blinked at anything that actually quoted something that Kendrick said. So applause, two thumbs, I mean, three thumbs up, congratulations. You're the first person that actually quoted something that Kendrick said that was hot. And I really appreciate that, man. So maybe I'll give Kendrick a slight, a very ever so slight edge over Jay and this, but the debate is still on. The jury is still out. That's all we need. That's all we need. I appreciate that, yeah. 
I appreciate you for you, that. You, yeah, you, you actually did quote him. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I hear all the time, Kendrick's nice, Kendrick's nice. And I say, what does he say that's nice? Oh, he just, he just, People he just, don't really know. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And the fact that you quoted that, I, I, you, I'm going to concede defeat. Did I just say that? You got it, though. <laughs> on, on everything, that's that's okay, man. Because you actually, because cause you actually, you actually quoted something he said that was hot, man. I appreciate that. Most people just sit there and say, Nah, he's just nice. He's just nice. You got it, man. Yeah, we appreciate so you, you it, for calling in. That. We appreciate you for calling in. As hey, always, hey, thank y'all for having me, man. Thank y'all for having me. I'm about to sign off, Keeping man. Entertaining. All right, I appreciate Jay. that. I'm about to sign off. Hey, everybody, follow me. It's Chavito on Instagram with an underscore behind it all. Shout me out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy that is. So yeah, um second week in a row we've had our guy Chavis on here and the discussion always gets always gets real uh real real interesting and, and real subjective whenever we get Chavis on for sure. Uh, <laughs> but we, we definitely always appreciate his uh his input and like you said, follow him on Twitter. He just gave himself the shout out. So. <laughs> Oh man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, and yeah, Lawrence, thank you for for saving me because I, you know, on on the fly, you know, I I, you know, I've got that first part, but you you really put me onto that, and and it's a shame, son, isn't it? A shame, like the fact that you know Chavis is saying, you know, talking to people about Kendrick and trying to get. I, I mean, that's pretty sad, isn't it? That you know there are there are people who you know may either not. We are well may may not think they're impressed with Kendrick, but they may not know why. And even the yeah. people who are impressed with him, like Chavis said, he's talking to people who say, "Well, he's nice," but but they don't know why. Like I think that's pretty yeah. sad. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly a, a a substantial element to to Kendrick that uh, I feel like kind of misses you at surface level at first because it, it is it is. Um, it's something different to digest than I think most of what rap is putting out nowadays. So at first, you know, it'd just be like, all right, this guy is, is is cool. And like, he's like, the flows are good, but like, he's not really saying anything. But if you, if you dig in, you, you'll realize that he is. I mean, I don't, I don't say it's not for nothing that I say that I think he's one of the best in the game. And, and, the, reverting back to our old argument, I think that you can make an argument for if we're like making metaphorical comparisons between you know NBA players and rappers, like you can make arguments for Kendrick being one of the best in the league, and and uh, I think right. I think we we need to focus on you know like what what is currently happening and, what, and what's happening right now because that's realistically what everyone can like share their opinions on like what what's actually going on now we're not gonna ever really be able to you know bring the past in 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 subjectively or objectively rather say you know i this is better than this it's it's all it's all yeah. art man it's all subjective mm-hmm. it's just it's just about you know recognizing what is what is what is truly good that's what that's what i think this all boils down to and and arguments can be made for Kendrick for, I mean, I believe I heard Kobe. I believe I heard LeBron. I mean, right. any of those guys, <laughs> I think arguments can be made right now. And, and the fact alone that arguments can be made means that, you know, it's 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 feasible to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 
I'm when I listen, when I run into Jay, I'm gonna ask him straight up, like, all right, son, so who's Kendrick? Because, like, you hopped on the joint with Kendrick, like we just talked about, the Bitch Don't Kill My Mom remix. The cover mm-hmm. art was a picture of young Kobe and vintage Mike. So, like, if Drake is Kobe, all right, son, then tell me, like, I, I want Jay to lay out for me the the whole thing. Like, I, I want to, I want it all laid out objectively. Like, I bet like, you, like he you could. said, like, I bet you he could. Yo, there's no way he could. I would end up having, I would end up, like, getting mad at him because, like, off that, I, obviously, like I said, I, I don't agree with the Drake-Kobe analogy, but, you know, maybe he'd convince me of that. But I, I just want to know, all right, son, so who's Kendrick then? Who who are you saying Kendrick is if you're saying Drake is Kobe? I mean, I, I, like I said, I think I, I think I attribute kind of a LeBron aspect to Kendrick, but then I think maybe LeBron is more is more Drake. And Lawrence, like you said, if, in, if we're talking about the right now, and again, it comes down to, preference and subjectivity and, and like I said when we started I'm a big Kobe guy so obviously I'm going to attribute you know who I feel is you know the best who I you know who I support the most with Kobe with who I think is the best and who I support the most with with hip-hop and who I think is killing the most right now um it's it's hard to do because it's like you said Lawrence I mean you at the end of the day we've got top level guys in both fields in the NBA and in hip-hop Guys that we can enjoy for a lot of different reasons. Guys that we that we uh, that we're fans of and that we prefer. Lawrence, realistically, you may be uh, you may have the most objectivity here, realistically, because Laura, Jason Chavis and I are all Kobe guys. So, um, <laughs> realistically, yeah. you may have the most objective insight out of all of this because you're you're. You're impartial. You may act like you're you down with the Kobe movement, but but you're not. You're, you're impartial. You're impartial. Yeah, I know what Kobe does. I know what all of these guys do. I just I just haven't been able to align myself with with just one. I'd, I I like being able to play the field, pause, and and you know just be able to observe. I know I know Kobe is is you know one of the best to ever do this thing here. I, there's no denying that. But it, it's and once he and once he's back and once he's back, I'm sure you'll be reminded. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be reminded. And if he's back and not performing, I'm sure you will be reminded by uh, <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm gonna let everybody. That, that, that ain't that ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna yeah. happen. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're signing off for the day, gentlemen. We are done for the afternoon um another good episode of the collective uh without yeah. our fourth member tommy hill but we'll have him back next saturday to start our nfl segment that should get hot and heavy really excited for that talk some football talk some training camp talk some fantasy you know what i'm saying we're gonna get a real crack of lacking up in here talking some football basketball and all the good stuff that we like to talk about here on The Collective. Um, as always, check out our show blog, thecollectiveradio.blogspot.com. Join our Facebook group, The Collective. Follow us on Twitter, uh, collective underscore BTR. Um, and as always, join us every Saturday, 1 to 3 p.m., talking sports, talking music, and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, with that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, gentlemen. That is a wrap for today. Peace. On behalf of the Keys 107, we thank you for tuning in to The Collective. Check us out at Blogspot, our show blog, The Collective Radio, our basketball blog, Basketball Feed, our music blog, What We Hear, 
and our TV and movie blog, television, cinema. Follow us on Twitter at Collective underscore DTR, as well as Instagram, and join our Facebook group, The Collective. And as always, tune in every Saturday with us between 1 and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, where young hosts come together to discuss and critique topics in sports, music, television, and film. Now let the beat rock out. <laughs>